Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast, your place to get non-diet, research-backed, professional opinions on topics such as nutrition, wellness, fitness, ED recovery, current events, and more. Because there is just way too much diet culture and fear-mongering that is going on right now in society, especially right now in the new year. And I want you to have more knowledge and more opinions and more research to be able to make decisions around what you want to do with your body and how you want to view things because you feeling confident in your choice is what is most important. Now, if you're new to the podcast and new to me, then thank you for being here. My name is Mallory Page. I am a registered dietitian and I am also the host of this podcast, which by the way, it's been really fun because over the past week or so, I've had the chance to chat with a lot of you that are newly listening to Seems Like Diet Culture. Matter of fact, I was texting with someone the other day that had just applied to Live Unrestricted, which is my signature 12-week program designed to heal your relationship with food and body image. And we were just chatting about the media in the new year and how exhausting it is and just all the confusion. And it was just so cool that someone who had listened to one episode, then was chatting with me after the fact, and we were potentially working together within this new year. So just feeling a lot of excitement for everything that is to come, and yet also not trying to feed too much into the whole new year, new you type of thing, because it kind of feels like it's just getting exhausted a bit. And that was part of what inspired me to do this episode today on 75 hard, 75 soft, project 50, 30 day hard challenge, and any other challenge that is really being popularized right now within the media around the new year. So we're going to dive into all of the information about these challenges. But before we do, I just want to give a quick note that I have done an entire episode on 75 hard. And in this episode, I dive very deep into the origin of 75 hard, who created 75 hard, what the guidelines are, what the science says about the guidelines, and talk much more in depth about it. This episode today will be more so a discussion on these challenges and helping you to see whether or not these things are actually aligned to you, whether they're diet culture or they're not diet culture, how you should kind of view these things or suggestions on how to view these things if you're going to do them. So that first episode about 75 hard is maybe where you want to start if you're looking for the fullest deep dive. But if you're kind of just looking for a discussion on these things, then you can just kind of listen to this episode instead and hopefully gather some viewpoints on these challenges. So let's just dive right in because there's so much that we could talk about with this. And of course, we need to start with what the heck are these challenges? Well, here's the thing. They're all different and yet they're all the same. And I get that that's contradictory, but there's no other way to describe it. Essentially, the number, so the 50, 75, 30, whatever else it is, indicates the number of days that you're doing the challenge. Now, 
to go along with that, the hard or the soft or the project kind of indicates the intensity of it. Now, that's not universally true, but it's typically the truth. So 75 soft is less intense than 75 hard. And then project 50 is kind of like a merging of the two. And each of these has its own specific guidelines that typically follows the structure of an exercise goal, a diet goal that typically has some consequential other goals along with it, such as avoiding alcohol or drinking more water, and then a number of self-development type of goals, such as waking up at a certain time, going to bed at a certain time, doing a self-development type of habit, reading, journaling, something along those lines. Now, 75 Hard also has a guideline around taking progress pictures. And in general, these 75 Hard guidelines are much more extreme. There is a lot more to consider in terms of scientifically how that challenge can affect your body and even the risks of it physically and mentally. And that's why I know I keep saying this, but if you are questioning that, you really need to do a deep dive and think very seriously about that challenge. Now, I'm not saying that that inherently means I suggest the guidelines in these other challenges or that they're all great and you should do them. It's just that there is less within them that is so extreme and that's very important to keep in mind because ultimately when we're talking about diet culture and when we're talking about making a decision around what you want to do with your body, it always comes back to you and what feels good for you. But there are certain things that throw up a bigger red flag because of their potential impact. And that is what I would consider the 75 hard guidelines to be in comparison to these other challenges. But I want to pivot into actually discussing how to know whether or not these challenges, whatever they may be, are aligned with you and what's going to help you feel best, or if they are not aligned with you and potentially leaning towards diet culture. And to do that, I want to first start off by giving an overview of where we are at currently in the state of diet culture and why these types of challenges may be trending. Now, I don't mean to keep shouting out past episodes, annoyingly so, in this podcast, but I did do another episode a couple of weeks ago about the current state of diet culture, and that will go much more in depth. But what I want you guys to think about is how diet culture has changed more recently. It used to be about intense weight loss focused programs, hydroxy cuts, Ginny Craig's, all of those types of things. And most of them were for the purpose of weight loss. Nowadays, there is not as much popularity behind those types of diets or programs. And the more popular programs are what I would call lifestyle, wellness, habit-based. And the underlying intention behind doing those types of challenges or changes is typically health-based, but underneath that health, there is always a tie to the size of someone's body because our society still heavily believes that the size of someone's body tells us everything about their health, despite the fact that we know that's not true because there could be someone 
that society views as quote-unquote healthy that actually if we look at their labs and even talk to them about how they feel mentally or physically, they are in fact not healthy and also the opposite of that can be true. So even though there has been a shift and arguably you could say that it's better that people are focusing more on health, not just weight loss, the intention of diet culture in making us believe that the size of our body is more important than anything else is still there. And it's now just rebranded and repackaged itself in a different way. And therefore, different types of challenges and things are trending within nutrition, fitness, wellness, etc. And you can see how these types of challenges could benefit from this current state of diet culture because none of them market themselves as weight loss challenges. All of them are very adamant about marketing themselves as lifestyle challenges to build discipline and to become the best version of yourself. Now, I'm not saying that these programs are purposely trying to use the state of diet culture right now to bring popularity to their programs. I don't think they even have to try. I think it's just naturally happening. And what's important about that and why I even bring it up is because we want to make sure that we are aware of that as we think about engaging with these types of habits. Because In the same way that right now you probably look back on hydroxycut and whatever other types of wild challenges they used to do years back and think, oh my gosh, that is so diacultury. That's just wild. I would never do that. Most likely, that's how we're going to look back on some of these challenges in the future, even if they're not that extreme. Just because diet culture and the way that it markets itself, it's always changing to make sure that we continue to want to spend money, that we continue to want to do new challenges, that we continue to want to change ourselves and change our body. So there's always going to be shifts. And that's why we always want to be aware of when we're engaging with something that is currently in the trend. So in order to help you determine what your true intention is, behind doing a challenge like this and how it's going to affect you. There are some questions that I would always suggest asking. The first one is, why are you wanting to do this challenge? I know that this is a simple question, but it's honestly the most important one. And the answer to it is typically kind of simple. It's usually even broad such as, well, I want to feel better. And I totally get that. I totally get wanting to feel better. But let's go a little deeper with it. Why don't you feel good right now? Do you feel like you're uncomfortable in your body? Have you been going through a lot of stress in your relationships or in work or in another area? Have you been finding yourself not keeping up with habits that you know are supportive for you? Do you feel like you're not eating or moving in a way that actually feels best and you want to figure out a way to change that? Why don't you feel your best in this moment? And it's okay too if you don't know. That's an important point. 
Now, to go along with that, why do you feel like this challenge is going to help that? So if you feel like you just don't feel your best in your body and you want to feel better and you don't feel the best in your body because you haven't been engaging in the habits that feel good for you. Maybe you haven't been eating as many vegetables. You haven't been going to the gym anymore or whatever else it may be. Why do you feel like this challenge will help? Maybe you feel like it will help because you just want the answers in terms of what to do. You just want someone to tell you, this is what you need to do in the gym. This is what you need to do with food. This is how many days you have to do it. This is what it needs to look like. I totally get that. When we all have so many things going on, because I know every single one of you does, and there is something that can just tell you what to do to eliminate that decision fatigue, it can feel really freaking nice. Maybe the reason why you want to do this is because you've seen so many people do it. Maybe one of your favorite people to follow online is doing it. And even though you don't want to think this way, there's a part of you that has seen the change that it it had on their body. And you kind of want that change. Or maybe you aren't attached to the change in your body, but you want to live like they do, feel like they do. Or maybe it's totally different than what I said. Maybe you feel like you struggle in the in-between and you just really like a challenge and something that is specific so you can go all in. Maybe you just want more discipline and you think something like this will help you. There could be a hundred reasons. So now that you have those two pieces of the bigger question on why you want to do this, I want to have you think about if you feel like the guidelines in this challenge are not only going to bring you what it is that you want, but also if it's going to help you with the original reason as to why you're doing this. So if you feel like you don't feel your best because of the fact that you just don't know what to do with food or movement or self-development, and so you're going to try this, do you think that the guidelines involved in the challenge that you're considering is going to fix that? Now, the answer to that may be yes. You may look at something like this 75 Soft and think, yeah, honestly, I think this is a really good fit for me. It's flexible and it's doing something that feels doable. Or you may think looking at 75 Hard, and I'm just using those two as examples, although I do think 75 Hard may be one that brings up more of these feelings of no, I don't think it will because I don't have time to do two workouts every single day or to drink an entire gallon of water or whatever it may be, right? And so therefore, since this would be hard to fit into my schedule, it could make me feel even worse. It could make me feel like a failure because I'm not able to complete it. And also, I have someone's wedding coming up and I want to be able to drink at my friend's wedding or whatever else it may be, right? So you may have two different responses. But the next layer to add on to that 
is to ask yourself, if I do think that this will bring about the benefits or if I do think that this won't bring me the benefits, but I still kind of want to do it, what are the potential cons to go along with the pros that I'm imagining? So what are the things that could go wrong? So let's take again the first example where you feel like through all of the trials and tribulations that we've taken, you've decided that yes, this could be supportive for you. But as you think about it, you recognize, well, you know, even though this 75 soft challenge is flexible, I realize that right now I'm not moving at all and I have a super busy schedule. So doing 45 minutes of movement every single day and one day a week of active recovery, that's a lot and may not even really be sustainable or realistic with my schedule. Or maybe you think, well, I don't even know what eating well means, but I could see how I may get a little obsessive with that because of my past or because I've seen myself do this before. And so even though this sounds flexible, I could see myself starting to get really specific into what this looks like and then not being in a great place mentally because of that. So that's the one example. On the other hand, with the no example, let's say you already have determined that this could be challenging for you, but you're still kind of questioning doing it. And maybe you're thinking about 75 hard, for example. You may recognize that by trying to fit all of this movement into your schedule and by moving multiple times a day, you could put yourself at risk for injury. You could really negatively affect your mental health. You could severely negatively affect your physical health. You think to yourself that taking progress pictures may get you focused on how you look instead of how you feel. And it goes on and on, right? I'm just throwing out random examples. But when we get down to this low, like this deepest level, and we kind of have detailed whether or not we think what we're dealing with why we want to do something, how we feel like this challenge is going to affect it, both positively and negatively, we have an easier time actually then comparing and making a decision on whether or not something will be supportive to you. Because at this point, you can weigh the potential pros and the potential cons. And you can combine your past experiences and the things that you know about yourself with these potential pros and cons to get an ending answer. And the answer that you come up with, it doesn't even have to be the specific thing. Like it doesn't have to be, yes, I'm doing the challenge or no, I'm not doing the challenge. It could be a lot in between that. It could be, I want to take elements of this and put other elements of it away. But why it's important to be able to do this whole process is because there's no reason to do one of these challenges if when you actually look at yourself and look at the challenge, you realize that for you, there's a large chance that it may not be supportive or that it could lead you to a worse place or that the benefits that you're getting are going to be complemented with, well, it's not really complemented. They're going to be paired with tons of negatives. 
It's also important to observe this because it gives you some insight into your deeper intention. And it also provides you with the ability to see if the true intention you have matches the intention that you feel like you have. So what I mean by this is if you feel like you're doing this challenge because you want to work on feeling your best, and yet what you really realize is involved with feeling your best is just losing weight, then you can see that there is a mismatch there because we know that just losing weight or changing your body does not automatically mean you're going to feel better. Weight in itself is actually neutral. And the challenge is our society makes us believe otherwise. But we know that it is because a number means something different on every single type of body. And weight loss or weight gain means something different for everybody. And most of what we attach to that is just based off of how we think someone looks and what we think that says about them. So if you feel like you're going into this for a lifestyle challenge, but really underneath it, you're just hoping your body changes, you need to ask yourself, is that really supportive? Or in that case, is this potentially more so the pressure of diet culture? Is diet culture making you feel like changing your body is going to lead to happiness? Is diet culture making you think that weight loss is really the key? Is it kind of tricking you that you are focusing on your health, but what health actually means is a change in your body? I think the thing that's so challenging about these challenges is that there isn't a lot of nuance. And whenever something lacks nuance, it also often lacks sustainability. And the connection that I see there is one that I have observed time and time again, not only within the food freedom space and people trying to get support for that, but also within the weight loss space and within every other space involved with nutrition and wellness. Because All of us are so different. And yes, there are things that we can see. It's so rude when someone drives by and interrupts the podcast flow I'm in. We will forgive them. What I'm saying is that there are things that we can see consistently that could be supportive for someone. We can see consistently that when someone chooses a habit and they stick to it over a period of time, such as 30 days and do it consistently, it can help to make it into an actual habit that they stick with long-term. But just because someone chooses to do something doesn't mean it's going to become a habit, even if they do it. Because if we don't have the nuance of saying, is this a habit I like? Is this something that I believe I can do? Is this something I want to do? Is this something that is going to be sustainable within the real world and within my real schedule? Then even if you stick with it for a period of time, it's just as easy to fall out of it. And so this type of challenge, yes, it can be fine. It can be great. 
it can be something that can help with discipline. But on the flip side, what if instead of it having to be these challenges, it could just be you deciding what you want to implement? What if instead of having to do these specific things, you could just do things that actually feel supportive of you feeling your best and they may change. Maybe you don't want to do 45 minutes of movement six times a week because realistically, when we look at the current research, this isn't seen to be the most sustainable. Maybe it can for some people. That doesn't mean that it's true for everybody. And that sustainability could be within how your body physically feels, how you mentally feel, how you emotionally feel, how your schedule is, whatever it may be. So maybe it makes a lot more sense for you to just try for a different amount of time or a different number of days. Maybe that makes more sense. And maybe you can stick to that, not only within 30 days or 50 days or 75 days, but for years because you met yourself where you were at. Same thing, maybe your version of quote-unquote eating well is actually working on achieving freedom and neutrality with your food so that you no longer have obsessive thoughts in your mind about what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. And so in fact, by trying to focus on quote-unquote eating well within this challenge, you become obsessive about what you should have in there and what you shouldn't have in there and when you should be eating and what time you should be eating and how much you should be eating and what your blood sugar should be doing. And in turn, all of those things just create more stress. And that stress negatively affects you, not only mentally and emotionally, but physically. And it takes away from your ability to be present in the day-to-day. Right? These are just examples, but you can see how what we're really talking about with these challenges is just starting to figure out what will make you feel your best. And there's no challenge that can tell you exactly what that will be. And when we do something like a challenge that has such strict rules or guidelines, even if those guidelines have flexibility, right, but they still feel kind of strict to you then we're also running the risk of believing that we fail and then starting down a negative mental spiral or a negative inner voice. I actually had one of my followers DM me the story of a girl that she was talking to at a party that had done 75 hard and she was explaining all the things that she did within it and the foods that she took out and the exercise that she did and all of it. And at the end of it, she said, but I don't think that I actually completed it because one day out of the 75 days, I was around 20 ounces short of a gallon of water in a day. That is exactly what I'm talking about. That type of conversation with yourself to not even feel like you can revel in the accomplishment that you could be believing you had due to the fact you essentially did everything required, but that one time means that you didn't do it, means that you failed it. When we have that type of rigid structuring with ourselves, it can be very hard to move forward and have grace and have compassion. And although our society really wants to convince us that being extremely hard on ourselves all the time is what is motivating. 
we have seen time and time again that that is not usually the case. That we have to be able to have compassion, to not get burnt out, to not get exhausted, to not develop self-hatred, and to also be able to show kindness and empathy to other people. Success and being so rigid and hard on yourself do not have to exist in that way. And so thinking about everything that was said so far, I want you to ask yourself, with whatever type of challenge you are considering here, do you feel like you would continue forward with these habits? Do you think it would be sustainable after the fact? And if you do think you would continue forward or it would be sustainable, how long could you foresee yourself doing that? And if you could see yourself doing that for a long time or for a short time or for however long it was, do you feel like that could continue without you having a consequence and or when you move into different phases of your life? So maybe right now you're in a season where you're not around a lot of people, you're really focusing on yourself and you think, oh yeah, I could keep doing this. Okay, what about if you are then not focusing so much on yourself, you're focusing more on socializing. Maybe next year you have a lot of weddings that you're going to or you have a lot of trips. How would you feel then? Would you be okay if you weren't able to maintain the same habits? Do you think that they could exist with flexibility in those spaces? All of these types of questions help you to determine not only is it sustainable, but is it setting you up for a mindset too that is sustainable? Because really all these challenges say that what they're doing is building discipline and changing your mindset. And I understand why they say that. And I understand the power of continually doing habits and showing up for yourself. My program, Live Unrestricted, that I do to help people work out of struggles with food and body image and step in to freedom to be able to accept themselves and accept the way that they eat and truly feel their best holistically, we focus on consistent goals every single week that are personalized to the person where they show up for themselves. We focus on showing up to calls, answering Slack messages. We see the combination of showing up for yourself, completing goals, and the success that people are able to have. But a lot of the reason as to why they have so much success is because there is personalization and because we allow people to give themselves grace and empower and guide people to learn how to do that as well as understand the deeper reasons as to why they want this, what their true motivation is and how to make it sustainable. And I get that with these challenges, they're wanting to develop this discipline. They're wanting people to show up for themselves. But what I am trying to bring up is, does it only have to be this way? Does it only have to be these guidelines? Does it have to be this certain number of days? Does it have to be a challenge? What if you just showed up for yourself in the way that felt good for you? What if you explored what that could look like? What if you took 
2024. Sorry, I'm getting passionate. And so my hands come out. I start talking with my hands. It's a whole thing. I'm such a hand talker. What I was saying is, what if you took 2024 to experiment with all different habits and see what feels good for you without the days, without the like the day limits is what I mean, without the specific rules? What if there was more flexibility in there to be able to allow for more life? Because at the end of the day, when we talk about feeling better, I think there's also an important question to ask underneath that about what does feeling better afford us? I mean, yes, obviously we all want to feel good, right? That, that totally makes sense. But why? Like, why do you want to feel good? Do you want to feel good because you want to have more energy to show up fully in your job or your business that you're so passionate about? Do you want to feel good because you want to be able to be your best for your loved ones, for your partner or for your family? Do you want to feel good because you want to live a really long life? Do you want to feel good because you're tired of feeling like you're not living up to who you want to be? What is it that you want out of feeling good? And then how would that look? So if you want to feel good because you want to be able to show up for your family and your relationships as the best version of yourself, are there certain things that would be supportive to that or things that wouldn't be supportive to that? So for example, if you're wanting to feel better and so you decide to do 75 hard, but 75 hard takes away the time that you would spend with your family in the morning or the time you'd spend with them at night or the moments that you can have with your partner or makes it so that you can no longer go out to dinners or you can no longer eat what your kids are eating or whatever it may be. Is that then really actually accomplishing the end goal of feeling good. Same, same scenario. Well, different scenario, actually. Let's say that you realize that you feel like feeling good is losing weight or changing your body. So let's say you do one of these challenges to try to change your body. And let's say that it does change. But when it changes, you recognize that along with that change, you don't actually feel that good overall. You don't have that high of energy levels. You feel like you kind of have to to live in a way that isn't super free. You can't be as full in your life. Then is that really affording you the life confidence that you want as well? Do you see what I'm saying? I'm using random examples These aren't, I mean, they're not always random. I've seen these types of things happen to people and I understand it, but I say random because what this is for you is so unique, but I really just hope that by going through this, you feel like you've been able to really understand more about yourself and your true intentions behind wanting to do something like this. And you can use this type of process 
for a lot of things, not just these challenges. You know, you can do it when you're asking yourself if you need to go on this new diet or take out this food or whatever else it may be, because the process is ultimately very similar. But with these challenges, I think it's really important to dive deep because of how much they can affect you and your life. And there are going to be people that can do these challenges and they're very supportive to them and they step away from it and it wasn't obsessive for them. It didn't affect their relationship with food or body image in a negative way. They feel like it's sustainable or at least it was sustainable while they did it and then they stepped away and they took things that they liked from it and left things that they didn't and it was great. I know people like that. I will say for certain ones of these like 75 hard, It is a much smaller percentage, but I do personally know people like that. On the other hand, I have worked with people straight out of 75 hard that have had such a horrible eating disorder from doing the program, the challenge, that they feel like they can't even live their life anymore. Every thought is about food in their body. And I have been on calls with people that have said to me, I would do anything to go back to where I was before this challenge. If I could make a wish, it would be to just not have ever done this because it has ruined my life. Now, ruined the life feels extreme. I'm just trying to express the emotions in that moment But that's what it can feel like. And luckily, with our work together, we were able to get this woman out of this place and back to this freedom. But it's it's never fully the same. Like it is, you know, your relationship totally changes. But it's it's still there as a as a a wound of remembering that you had to go through that, I guess is what I'm saying. And so I don't say these things or talk about these topics to try to be annoying. I have gotten so many comments from people that say, you know, you just like don't allow people to have any discipline and you're just making people feel good about them. Like, or what is it? What is the most common one? You just do things to make people feel better, but you don't actually care about their health and well-being, like things like that. And I totally get it. The sad thing is that there is a past version of me that truly had no empathy for people that didn't just quote unquote exercise discipline, that just couldn't understand why people didn't just eat this way every day and exercise like this. And that past version of me, I really feel for her. And I feel sad for the mindset that she had about herself and about other people. And so I feel no ill will towards people that make these comments. I'm more trying to explain it because I just feel it's so important to acknowledge that by saying that certain things that may be associated with developing discipline or associated with having a strong mindset, you know, giving critique to those things is not saying that 
we can't work on habits. It's not saying that you can't want to feel better. It's not saying that it's a bad thing to choose something that you want to focus on and do it. It's saying that it doesn't just have to be one way and that being mindful of why you're doing something and also how something like diet culture may be playing into it can be important and even though it sounds dramatic, even life-changing. These types of decisions can change your life for better and for worse. Thank you for being here for this episode with me and for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love your feedback. If you feel inclined to share it with someone or to give this podcast a rating or review, that would be so appreciated. But of course, there's never pressure to do so. Just being here, even if it's just for this episode, really means a lot. When it comes to this episode, I find it hard to rate this on a scale of 1 to 10. If you're new here, you may not have heard of my diet culture scale, which is 0 being no diet culture at all, 10 being the most diet culture possible. And I try to rank every topic we do on the podcast on this scale. But as you heard, these things are very subjective. 75 hard to me is very high. These other challenges, I would say maybe a six on the diet culture scale. Some higher, some lower. Kind of depends on how you use them, though, which is really the message, I think, of this entire episode. I think it is time to close it out for today, but I just want to, again, say thank you for being here. I think I've said that too much at the end of this episode. I feel like my brain power is starting to decrease. And that's when we always know it is time to sign off. So hopefully I'll see you back here for another episode. But regardless, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Talk to you guys later. Bye.